Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is the Wednesday, September 7th episode, and football season is literally tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern time, I believe. Maybe it's Central time. One of the two. But we've got a lot of news coming up to this game. Uh... And a lot of it's quarterback related. So let's start with um, the Jets and the Ravens. Both of them quarterback struggles, I guess. In Lamar's case, not really a struggle. It's just going to be probably bad for his morale. But let's talk about Zach Wilson first. He's going to be out a few weeks, and Joe Flacco will be starting on Sunday. Yep, and it's an interesting situation just because I think a lot of people were expecting Zach Wilson to be able to come in and play because that was kind of the uh, opinion that Robert Sala was kind of getting off, that he was – healthy enough to play and that they're just kind of trying to make sure that he is healthy, fully healthy, but he was healthy enough to go practice and give the illusion that he could start. And usually that means the coach is being over overly cautious and not letting him play. But now he had to wait. I think it's all like three weeks before we'll see Zach Wilson play. In the meantime, we'll see Joe Flacco play. And the bad part about that is, is Joe Flacco back there and not Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson needs all the reps he can get. Uh, and this team is super young. This team is super inexperienced. So they're trying to win football games. And I think in a lot of ways, People are frustrated with the decision to not play Zach Wilson and not let him start. But at this point, I mean, you don't want to see Zach Wilson get uh, injured further. But if he's not actually still battling the injury and he's healthy enough to play and you're just keeping him off the field for a few extra weeks just as precaution, I feel like at that point it becomes a little too much because he's had a ton of time to rest a ton of time to get over his injury. Um, I think it's been like three or four weeks since the injury happened. So plenty of time to get better and, and recover for what it was. And then we're also going to put Joe Flacco in and get, and then the worst part about it is waiting an extra two weeks past um, Sunday's game before we even let him step on the field again. And by that time, the season is well underway and bad things can happen for the Jets as they normally do. So, I, but even if Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco plays, I think the game plan, I mean, not the game plan, but I think the overall outcome would be relatively the same just because neither quarterback has proven themselves to be that great. Joe Flacco was better way back when, but now at this point he's getting at the nearest end, the end yeah, near the end of his career. So at this point, it's a little bit of an interesting decision to let him start as opposed to Zach Wilson. But at least, you know, don't let it make us wait for that a few extra weeks on top of that. Let him rest a week and then come back in. That's the smartest decision. But now you're kind of sitting in a situation where you're kind of sitting in a little bit of limbo if you're a Jets fan wondering what will happen and, and when will happen. I heard this interesting point on podcast, and you're just making this point that is you don't announce who your quarterback is going to be in the middle of the week. You let it wait, and you let it ride, and then at some point, Right up against Sunday, right when you have to have fully announce your depth chart and your injured injury or injured players, you announce that Zach Wilson is going to start and it's going to be Joe Flacco because then the opposing team has more to worry about than just um, knowing exactly who the quarterback is going to be with plenty of time to adjust your game plan. If you could, and it's like a little bit of a little bit of a fight going on between the coaches, but in doing that and trying to get them to believe one thing when it's actually the other thing to try to get them to be thrown off their game a little bit. They didn't do that, so that's the other probably frustrating thing. For Jets fans, but at this point, it kind of feels like the Jets season starting on the wrong on the wrong foot, and that usually means that it's going to be another sad season for Jet fans. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, something else that's kind of going on the wrong foot is Lamar Jackson's contract extension. 
That deadline is Friday. Um, what do you think that's going to do to Lamar, Lamar Jackson's relationship with the Ravens? From everything I've heard, it sounds like they got a great relationship and that they are talking to each other before uh, each press conference to try to figure out the narrative that's going to be happening. And they on fantastic ground. There's no problem whatsoever. They're just trying to figure out more guaranteed money. That's all Lamar Jackson's asking for. And the Ravens are like, I can't give you more guaranteed money than what we're doing because um, no deal gives that much guaranteed money. Um, so we're just going to have to find a middle ground here. The problem is if they don't get a deal done by Friday, which I kind of don't expect it to fall that far. I think it's going to be done either tomorrow or right up against the deadline for him. Because if they don't, they can franchise tag, and then they can franchise tag again, and then they could try a long-term deal. But the problem is, once you get into the franchise tag, you can only do it for a certain amount of consecutive years before you get into a situation where you're just paying him t- over what you be- would have paid him for the contract, and so you just cut your losses and let him go to a different team. Now, with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, if they can't figure out middle ground now, I don't think it's going to happen in the future because... One or two things are going to happen. One, the quarterback market is continuing going to spike, and it's going to get more and more and more and more and more expensive over the next couple of seasons. Or it's going to dip, and Lamar Jackson is going to be taking less money. So either way, it's going to get frustrating for one one part of the one part of the equation. So if they do it now, it could please both sides. And yeah, he's probably not going to get all the guaranteed money that he wants. But at the same time, he gets to play for the Ravens, and the Ravens get to keep him, and they all seem like they enjoy it. But yeah, you could do the franchise tag for one year and follow a Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott route. But you sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you don't get the same um, same way of everything happening the exact same way like we saw with the Devontae Adams situation where they had to get rid of Devontae Adams to the Raiders. And he was also going to have on that franchise tag situation kind of sitting in that in that water. And then they just kind of said, okay, okay, we'll go ahead and you go to the other team. He decided he wanted to go there. So at that point, you know, the situation is going to be what it's going to be. But at this point, you kind of have to think both these squad or both these sides want uh, ideal to get done. Both sides seem like they have a good relationship. So all things pointing to the direction they'll get a contract done. I would really be surprised if nothing happened because there's obviously there's all there's already been a contract presented to Lamar Jackson. There's just not enough guaranteed money. So there's got to be negotiations happening behind the scenes. There's been a long time between when the contract first came out and, the, and now. So all of those things being equal, I, I think it's just one of those things you're kind of sitting in a situation where it seems very likely that a deal gets done. If not, I'd be very, very shocked. But at that point, you kind of feel like the end is drawing near for the Ravens' time with Lamar Jackson. And also, I think there's been so many rumors in the offseason about how you know, Lamar doesn't want to be there. And there's all this, all those articles popped out, um, over the last couple of months. And then you think about the side and then you kind of have to wonder exactly where did this all sit and where it's all led. Now, if it is a situation where both the squads are very happy with being with each other and the, and the coaches and Lamar Jackson and the GM are all talking together and they're trying to figure this all out, that points to an inevitable contract extension, whether that means there's a franchise tag for one year, see what the market does, then sign it, you know, something like that possible, but it's also possible to do gets done, you know, now. So both those are a possibility, but there's also the world that those articles are right. And I don't see any evidence that they are based on everything I've heard. And that could also be the case. And, and if that's the case, then Lamar Jackson might not want to sign a contract. And this is just a ploy to get to be able to get out of, 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 um, 
of Baltimore and wanting to play somewhere else. I highly doubt it's the second. I think it's the first. But I think this contract right here is going to add a lot of fuel to a kind of low simmering heat fire that's been going on for a while. And if they end up one way or the other, that fire is either going to go out or get even hotter. And you know the articles are going to come out of everywhere uh, and at that point. But at this point, I think no matter what happens, if they hit the Friday deadline or not, it's best to just kind of keep a level because this is the NFL. It's a business. It's going to be franchise tag. There's other options around different things. Raven fans shouldn't be holding their breath for the Friday deadline. They just kind of let it kind of go how it's going to be. And from everything I've heard, like I said, it seems like the relationship with the Ravens isn't strained. All right. So football is tomorrow, as we mentioned, and it's going to be Bills-Rams tomorrow night, which is going to be an amazing game. Um, some might say a preview for the Super Bowl, but we'll have to see. Um, some other interesting things are going to be happening. What do you think are the best revenge games coming up? Uh, I think there's – so there's – from the quick little search I found, and I've been looking at the schedule, the ones that pop out quickly are the Bills and the Rams. Obviously, that's, that's – um, Von Miller's game. Then he got the Browns and the Panthers. That's that's Baker Mayfield's game where he can go back and try to um, go after the Browns and win that game. Then you also got the um, uh, the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. Man, all these games are this first week. Yes. This is going to be amazing. So all those games are going to have a little extra oomph to them. Uh, but it's actually, we'll be able to see most of them because the Rams game's Thursday night tomorrow at 7.20, like you mentioned, Central Time. Uh, and then the Browns and the Panthers, 12 o'clock. I don't know. It's on CBS. So maybe we'll be able to see it, maybe not. I don't know. And then we'll definitely be able to see Russell Wilson take all the Denver Broncos because that's Monday Night Football. So at least two of the three primary revenge games we'll be able to see. But I also think there's one more, and that's a little bit of a stretch to call it a revenge game, but I think everyone's talking about it like it is, is the um, is the the Jets versus the Ravens and Joe Flacco obviously played with the Ravens. So, you know, there's a toss up there, but might be a light revenge game. The best games, I think not based off revenge factor, but based off of how it's going to play out are probably, in my opinion is the bills and the Rams. That's going to be a great game. And I think I wouldn't put Seattle on that list, not because it's going to be fun to see Russell Wilson come back week one, but because Seattle doesn't bring enough to the table right now from where they sit to say, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a fist fight to try to get to the top and prove dominance. If that was the case, that would be so exciting to watch. But it doesn't really feel that way. The other, the game that I would say is like that is the Browns and the Panthers. Now, the Browns have a decent defense. You've seen them in the past. They've got a good defense, great running back core, and a good wide receiver core. So they've got enough to go up against the Panthers. And the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Chubb Hubbard, good running back core, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, some of the other guys they brought in on wide receiver, and then defensively they've got some good pieces there as well. So that's enough to me for me to be able to say, oh wow, that's going to be a little bit of a cat fight there and see what's going to happen because obviously Baker Mayfield is now with the Panthers. So that's going to be fun for him to go back and, and play. But the game that isn't a revenge game but that I'm excited to watch is the Falcons and the, and the Saints because you got the two new rookie wide receivers – playing in it you've got Kyle Pitts and the new new quarterbacks for for the uh, Falcons and then you got um, Michael Thomas coming back so that's going to be a fun game just not really a revenge game but it'd be fun to see these guys kind of come in and and play and and try to you know win some ball games the only game that I wish was on here as well is the I wish the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs would play 
that had been so much fun to watch Tyreek Hill, yeah. uh, you know, go after the uh, Kansas City t- defense. But those are the games. And I think, like I mentioned, I think it's the Rams game and the Panthers game that are going to be the best. But any game that I can tune in out of those three, I'm going to. And I'm excited to see them. I'm also excited to see Red Zone come back again because I enjoy watching all the games at once. So I'm excited for Sunday. I'm excited for Thursday tomorrow. And football is officially back in about 24 hours. Yep. Getting super hyped about that. I'm surprised that tomorrow's game is a Thursday night game. I feel like they would have put that on like a Monday or a Sunday, Sunday night. Well, the Sunday night game is Dallas and, and, and Bucks. So okay, it's not a terrible okay, Sunday night football game. Too. All right. Cool. We'll be looking forward to that really quickly. NCAA football is coming back. Do you have anything to say about week one? Well, besides the obvious points of Georgia obliterating the poor Oregon Ducks, <laughs> that was ranked, what, like seventh? Something like that. Something like that. Ranked decent. No, no, no that or was maybe Utah. 11th. Maybe I think they were 11th. They were ranked. I don't know exactly their rank, but they were ranked, and they went to Georgia thinking they had some sort of chance and it ended up not really working out that way for them and they ended up getting pretty much obliterated that's just what happens with the sec but also utah losing at the last second on a pick was also very defeating for another pac-12 team but the team that i was not expecting to have the game that they had neither was expecting clemson to have the game they had clemson's defense was good their offense stalled and wasn't really able to get anything going into the third quarter when they actually were able to go get through things and start getting touchdowns and, and making plays. But the game that I sat down and I watched the whole thing and you know really dove into was the LSU game because I didn't watch it live, but from everything I heard and saw, LSU looked terrible. I watched it. They played FSU, and they looked not good <laughs> because they had consistent pressure on the quarterback but the defenders have never played football before because they touch him and he just slips out of the tackle just slide to the right slide to the left see you bye goodbye and then he runs and ends up getting yardage i saw one time they got like a sack or like a holding penalty on fsu and then they proceeded to get 20 yards on one play just run straight up the gut on the defense consistent great passes pressure was there but lack of tackles and that's what we saw when the FSU was able to move the ball downfield. It was just, and you can see there's a little bit of frustration from, from LSU. And then offensively, literally the only thing the quarterback could do was just take off and run. Just take off and run. Because when he did that, he got yards. But passing game wasn't working for him. That was just falling flat. The cornerbacks were getting burned for LSU. It was not a great first impression. But even with all of that, terrible defense, terrible tackling, getting huge plays ripped off on him. They still lost by one point. And that one point happened because they got the touchdown. They decided to go for one. And anyone that saw the game, anyone that's college football game, would know what happens next. And what happens next is the FSU defender bull rushes the kicking. Uh, it's not an office alignment, but the, the kicking protector. And gets his hand on the ball, whacks it down. FSU wins by one point. So it's... The only SEC team to lose out of all of them. And they lose by literally that play. But if you watch the full game, there's so much that... They, the fact that they even were that close is kind of embarrassing for FSU. That's probably their only one fault in the entire game. But 
LSU is going to have to step it up. They're going to have to play way better, and they're going to have to start winning. The other game that I watched a lot of was the Notre Dame-Ohio State game, which was great up until late third quarter, early fourth quarter, when Ohio State decided to say, okay, this is our time. We're just going to go ahead and just win the whole thing. But I thought Notre Dame played well. I thought they did a good job of making good plays against Ohio State, getting them off the field, getting a sacks, you know, getting touchdowns moving the ball methodically down in the field and playing against a good Ohio State football uh, squad. And both were ranked really high. That was one of the only matchups that was ranked against ranked. So I think they did both did a good job. And I think that's a good, you know, direction, a good starting point for the Fighting Irish, as opposed to their old head coach going to LSU and not having a great starting game at all. Um, but so I think they played really well. And I'm excited to see what, you know, what comes next for both those squads. But I think uh, Notre Dame has way much, way more to build on. Yes, they lost, and yes, it was a little bit of a bigger margin. Still, at the same time, they played well, and apparently Pac-12 has some time before they can consider themselves just as physical as the SEC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I'm sorry. Be careful when you make those claims. The SEC is where it's at. I'm Because sorry. multiple times during that Georgia game, uh, Oregon defender gets bull rushed, and they decided to use the meme about how other organizations or, others that, or other um, divisions are just as strong as the SEC. So... Be careful with those claims, but I was surprised to see that every one of the SEC's teams won. You were surprised to FS- see that every SEC team won? I mean... They, every single one, yeah. not just the ranked ones. That's what every I'm single no, one. SEC is where it's at. They, they dominate every year. It doesn't matter. But coming from the Pac-12 to here, the football... Is I'm is way more way likely to better. turn it on. Is way Let's better. just say I'm way likely to way more likely to watch yeah. the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> without be being super upset. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Looking ahead to tomorrow night, getting super hype about that. We'll be back on Friday to talk about what happened and look forward you got a to prediction? Sunday's games. Do I have a prediction for tomorrow night's game? Yeah, you gotta have a prediction. I've got Rams uh, by three personally. <laughs> I want the Bills to have the season where they get to the Super Bowl. I want the Bills to get to the Super Bowl. This game would not decide and that. But I know, but I'm saying I want them I want them to be able to beat the Rams, but I, I don't know. I don't know that they can beat the Rams. I think realistically, yeah, Rams are going to win it by, by a field goal or a touchdown, like you said. But here's another question. But the Bills will play well. Will Von Miller get at least one sack on Matthew Stafford? Von Miller may get more than one sack on, you think so? on Matthew Stafford. You think yeah. so? Yeah. I hope they let him do a little friendly banter, though. Because we'll have to see what happens with that. I remember... It was several, several years ago. Yeah, I remember where he was on the Denver team and he sacks his friend, and yep. then he like goes to give like the hand yep. up and pulls his hand pulls back. back, and they got a, a personal foul on it. Let him have it's fun. A little weird. Let him have fun. They're friends, you know. Let we'll Matthew have to see how the officiating team is feeling tomorrow night. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not too grumpy. <laughs> it's the first game of the season. Let yep. those friendly little competitions go. They're all friends at the end of the day. All right. Well, we will talk on Friday. Looking forward to the game. Yep. See ya. See ya. God bless. Thank you.